Welcome to season four of the Go Off Sis podcast, brought to you by Target, our destination for celebrating ourselves and our success this year. Hello, and welcome back to the Go Off Sis podcast. It is officially spring, my friends. We've made it. We're ready to get out, smell the roses safely, of course. And now that outside is slowly opening back up, my question is, where are we going and who else is going to be there? This episode, we're going to talk it out. And we're going to talk a little bit about what travel looks like. I think, you know, all of us are excited about it. We're aspiring to go places. But we also have a lot of anxiety about it, right? in this panini, but also just as a Black woman in the world, moving through our spaces, whether that's at home, domestically, or abroad. So I want to get into travel. I want to talk about how we feel traveling and just go on a journey with you guys today. So let's talk about it. All right. So today, we are going to kick off with the question, what is the one thing you absolutely cannot travel without? Kathleen, why don't you introduce yourself to the people and tell us about that one thing? Ah, uh, thanks, Chels. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathleen, coming at you from the six, as I do. I'm a senior editor here at Unbothered. There's something that I always take with me when I travel, which is kind of weird, but it is a copy of Shonda Rhimes' The Year of Yes, her book, her memoir. It's kind of like a daily devotional for me. <laughs> and there's like passages in it that I need to read over and over. Like, he is not the son, you are. Don't let what he wants eclipse what you need. I just need to read that over and over again. So I just take it with me. There we go. Okay. Kathleen is doing some real self-work on these journeys. And I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yes. Yeah, Steph, aka Voibs, how about you? How you doing? I'm good. Uh, as you guys know, I am the senior editor, or a senior editor. Gosh, I just gotta get used to that before I'm bothered. And speaking of vibes, you know, I always have to have something good to listen to. So it doesn't matter if I'm traveling via bus or car, but especially if I'm traveling on a plane, like I've gotta have a good playlist crafted because I have the worst flight anxiety, especially around takeoff. So like, I like to just put on the music, close my eyes, zone out, I'm good to go. But wake me up for snacks. So, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have a new voice, but one who's been in the black round, as I love to say. So, Shirley, introduce yourself to the people and tell us about that one travel thing you need. I love the black round. So, I am Shirley Williams. I'm a supervising producer here. And when I'm traveling, a little bit like Steph, I absolutely have to pack a speaker. I love music. I live in Harlem. It's loud. It's noisy. And a speaker gives me that vibe. So I, I need I need music to set the mood, set the tone, keep it lit, keep it popping wherever I'm going. Do you hear that? When you guys are wondering who is outside grilling in 50-degree weather and outside your window, it's Shirley. It's Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> I was not responsible for the fireworks, though. 
<laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. That's okay. I get it. This is on the record. Speaking of, I am Chelsea Sanders, the VP at Unbothered. And, you know, I am a terrible packer. So anything that I put in a bag, I've already said goodbye to, frankly. Like, I, I just, it's above me now whether or not it goes home with me. But one thing I will say is that I love, like, an airport food run. Like, that's where I get my, like, a Shake Shack, right? Like an Auntie Anne's pretzel. That's where I get my Jamba Juice. We were talking about this, and where else do you see Jamba Juices anymore besides the airport? I feel like it's quality, like, there's some real quality food that I can't see, and it's all, like, a supermarket suite right in front of me. Yes. Yes. All right, great. So now that we know what we can't do without, let's talk about what we are doing when it comes to travel, right? I think... For a lot of us, obviously, hopefully, traveling hasn't been a top priority, but I think one of the things is we think about when things open up and we do start to think about that, what does travel look like? Was traveling a big thing for us growing up? When was the first time for you that you had your big sort of travel moment? Shirley, I'm going to kick it off with you as our resident travel guru. I have the best mom ever. Crazy as hell, but the best mom ever. (laughs) My... (laughs) My mom, she would pack me and my sister up every summer and we were in Florida. I grew up in Disney World. So every summer we're in Disney World. Me and my sister were two years apart. And then every other summer we were in South Carolina at a family reunion. So we were very familiar with road trips, being on planes, being in the air. And we loved it, always loved it. My mom was such a phenomenal or is such a phenomenal person in that she made sure that me and my sister were always connected to family, always had exposure, were always being introduced to new things and new ideas outside of our bubble in New Haven, Connecticut. And then when I went on to middle school and high school, I studied Italian and I fell in love with the culture and the language, uh, everything about it. And I always had a dream of going to Italy, always. I, and growing up, all of my travel was always domestic. It was never international travel. So I go to college, I come out. In 2011, I'm telling one of my friends, now she's a Navy girl. She's been all over the world, Germany, Japan, and everywhere you can think of. So travel is very normal for her. And I was telling her how how much I love Italy. It's a dream for me to go, but it felt so much like a far reach. And she was Mm. like, well, let's do it. And I was like, what? Girl, no, it's not possible. (laughs) And she's a planner. So we took like six months and we just planned, like we stacked our little coins, we mapped out our ideas, we booked hotels, we did research. And before I knew it, like 2011, we were in Rome, Italy, eating pasta and talking Italian and telling people ciao and being called Bella and doing all of these phenomenal things and taking boats to Capri Island. It all started with my mom planting a seed and really showing us what's possible and the adventure and the fun in traveling. And then me taking a risk out in 2011 and going into Italy, going out to Italy. And then from there, it it just it, it took off from there. Like I'm on a plane every month now. Mm. I love that you are you had your own like eat, pray, love journey uh, yeah. just fully. I feel like that's like your energy in general. So that makes sense. You have that viewpoint. Steph, what about you? 
Yeah, so I have a similar experience where my mom planted that traveling seed. My mom is such an adventurer. So like I can remember from a very young age, her always being like, I want to go here and I want to go there. And she would plan it out and like it would happen and we would just go. First big trip I can remember was to Atlantis in the Bahamas. It was me my family, my best friend, and her family. And it was so much fun. We also did like a big trip to Mexico together. And, you know, those two trips were like my first time like out of the States. And I remember just as a kid thinking like, wow, I can really just plan this out and get on a plane, like go wherever I want. Looking at my mom, it's just kind of like, if you, if you want to make it happen, you can make it happen. Right now, my friends and I are, are actually thinking about like a big road trip that we want to take like in the next few months or so, hopefully, fingers crossed. So Really looking forward to that. That's a a great goal. What I will say, again, as having someone who has been on a lot of road trips, designate someone the map person, okay? Because (laughs) now I probably be me. (laughs) It would be you, Steph. GPS, Alexa, Siri, get that stuff going. No, sometimes she'd be getting it wrong, though. Exactly, (laughs) and you think that, and I'll tell you this because very similar to you, to you, Shirley, and you, Steph. I grew up going on road trips too. Uh, You know, my family went just when I was like two or three. Some of my first like life memories are in a camper with my family. We drove from LA to Alabama. My mom's side of the family is all from Alabama, a tiny town on the border of Mississippi. It's about 5,000 people. And we really all piled in, my mom, my grandma, my aunts. And for me, that was one of, as I said, my earliest memories. And I think that same like wanderlust type energy that you're describing, Steph, is something that when I was younger, I was like, oh, of course I can do this. I can travel around and and do this and feel like adventurous. When I would be on the way to school, my dad would quiz me on like state capitals, country capitals, airport codes. So I still know like Olympia, Washington, you know, like all of those things that are just like ingrained in me. And I think one of the things that I love about that is my grandmother recently passed. And I think that is one of the strongest memories I have of her. And that energy and that like discovery of like, nah, like you said, Steph, you can go, go and do it, was something that was instilled in me early. And it's something that I'm really appreciative for now as an adult. But what I think is so interesting for me now is that Traveling was a priority for me when I was younger, and my parents made a real effort to show the world and show the different possibilities that were out there for me, not only as a young person, but as a woman and a Black person, too. And I think for me right now, especially, I have a lot of anxiety about the way I travel. And I think one of those first things comes from coming outside of the COVID bubble. So before we sort of dive into the ways that travel is very specific for Black women. Let's talk about the ways that travel is really specific right now. I think, Shirley, for you, you just said you're on a flight a month. How is that for you? Do you have that anxiety traveling and trying to make sure that you and your loved ones are safe? Yeah, so the first time that I traveled during COVID was June of 2020, and I had high anxiety. Me and my mom and my dad were all very codependent. So I was going through like withdrawals and I knew that they were in the house alone. And I was like, I got to get down to Atlanta. I got to go see them. So my sister, she is a COVID nurse. She's been taking care of COVID patients 
since this thing broke. Now she's dishing out the vaccine. She is one of our trusted heroes. Shout out to her. And she was like, look, it's safe. It's safe for you to go. I'll give you a plan. I took her three kids, actually. And at the time, they were ages four, nine, and 12. So she was like, it's safe for you guys to go. I'll give you like a whole run. I actually did a a video for us on Unbothered about my first time traveling. But what I found is that once I got into the airport and I'm all geared up, I got like my mask and my shield and I got all the wipes and gloves on. I got these three kids with me and I'm like, don't touch nothing. Don't breathe. But once I got, (laughs) once I got in it and I saw people And maybe this is different because we're in the North. People were being respectful of space. We were social distancing, of course, not on the plane, but because you physically cannot keep six feet apart. But I was like, oh, this is really not that bad. This is really not that scary. And we traveled from New York to Atlanta. We stayed there for however long we had to quarantine. And then we traveled safely back from Atlanta to New York. Nobody, thanks be to God, got COVID. We were all completely safe. But after that experience, I was like, this is really like taking a trip to the grocery store. It's really not that big of a difference. You know, the airplane itself has the same HEPA filters as like the hospitals. They're completely safe. So when I first traveled, I was very, very nervous. But then after that, I was completely fine. I've been to Houston, Chicago, Atlanta, Turks and Caicos, Dominican Republic, like everywhere. And I always get a COVID test before. I always get a COVID test when I come back. I have never had COVID. I do it very, very safely. I really feel like it's like taking a trip to go shopping or something like that, like locally. I understand people's fears and anxiety around it. But once I did it, I was like, oh, this is not bad at all. Shirley, you're like giving me anxiety, just you Mm -hmm. mentioning all the places you've been Mm -hmm. in the past year. (laughs) So I want to know how people have been reacting Mm -hmm. to you and you sharing that you're actually traveling during this. Yeah, some people are, they're like, go girl, better you than me. (laughs) Some (laughs) some people. (laughs) Good luck. Well, you get that first draft of air. We'll see. I'll get you on the second one. (laughs) Right, right. I hope all is well, sis. Some people are like hella judgmental. I'm like, judge your mother. A lot of people are curious, have questions and and want to know because the, people want to get out of the house. People want to be on a beach. People want to be in a, in a different space. A lot of people just don't know how to navigate it. They don't. This COVID is horrifying. It's scary. Um, are, you, are your miles in like the hundreds of thousands? When I say I got these free flights. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Okay. Well, if nothing else, Shirley can get you flued out. So hit her up. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, it's so funny because as you're saying that, like you said, Kathleen, I have anxiety about that too. Like last year I moved cross country in the middle of this panini and you're right, Shirley, it wasn't that hard. The anxiety in my head was the hardest part to get through, right? It was like the mental gymnastics of being like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my gloves. I'm going to have my mask. I'm going to just be hyper aware. But I think one of the reasons why that also just like makes me tired is because I'm already hyper aware when I'm traveling, hyper, hyper aware. And like I said, I think with all the things that we know come at us as Black women, and that's domestically, that's abroad, and, you know, the things that we have to deal with, that 
tenses me up. The last time I spent significant time abroad was a few many years ago when Obama was president, right? And I think that was such a different time. Being in Europe and being in Asia, there was an energy around that. People wanted to be near us, but they wanted to also learn from us, right? We were doing something real in America. And I think since 2016 and what we know to be the rise of white nationalism internationally, that gives me anxiety traveling. It gives me anxiety walking out of the door in Santa Monica. So I think for me, it just, my shoulders are up in my ears when I think about traveling abroad and having to be hyper aware of myself as a Black woman and then hyper aware of myself as someone who needs to take health and wellness precautions too. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it is something that we have to think about that other people don't. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, we all talked about the family trips we took. And like growing up, traveling was very much family. Those two were one and the same. They were family trips, right? And then in my adult life, most of my trips have been with my partner, who is a white man. And so growing up, traveling with my family, which was all other Black people— And then versus going with a white person, it's kind of like I have to ask myself out loud before we go anywhere, how racist is this place we're going to? (laughs) Like we've traveled, me and my partner have traveled to Germany and not Berlin, like the outskirts of Germany to visit some of his friends. And it was weird. People were staring at us, holding hands. And I felt like we had traveled back in time. And it was not something I wanted to think about while we were on vacation. And, you know, those trips with my family, it was, my parents would would take that on more than we would. So I wouldn't really pay attention to it. Where as an adult, I'm taking that on. And it's not something I want to deal with on vacation. And I think that that's just something that we deal with that other people don't. There's also a whole other layer, Chels, when you're talking about a Black American woman. Because as a Canadian, I slap a Canadian flag. This is a hack that Canadians do and Canadians will know. We slap a Canadian flag on our luggage so that internationally people will be like, oh, they're Canadians. Mm. And there's less of a judgment. Truthfully, there's less judgment as a Canadian than there is as an American. The stuff about being a Black woman is a whole other thing, but we have a little bit of a shield as, like, a Canadian. For me, like, I I love traveling with family. I love traveling with my friends, as I mentioned before. But I also really enjoy traveling alone because I just always feel like I have the best experiences and, like, the best encounters with people when I'm by myself. I meet people along the way, especially, like, during my, like, cross-country trips on the bus by myself. Girl, I got a story about someone who claimed to be, like, a founding member of the ASAP mob. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) That's a story for another day, but he talked my ear off the whole bus trip and, like, that was a great story. It was a great time. But I don't know how comfortable I would be traveling alone right now, especially after everything that we've endured over the last year. The pandemic in itself has been taxing, but also, you know, last summer was traumatic. And then there's the the last four years of, I'm not even going to speak that person's name, but dealing with that and the repercussions of him being in office. And I'm not even going to lie, like living in New York City, you already have to be very vigilant. But even now, I feel like there is like an added layer of vigilance when I'm walking down streets that are so familiar to me. I've been here for like five, almost six years. And 
I don't know. It's, it's like I feel myself tense up when I see people who don't look like me walking down the street. Ooh, Steph, um, everything you just said. I think it's so interesting because I also love being alone, traveling alone, doing everything alone. Lone wolf, five ever. But I think for me, it's really hard because whenever I step outside, I am being looked at. And I don't mean that, like, again, and I've shared this with you guys. Like, sometimes I think I'm projecting this, and sometimes I'm like, nah, this is real. I'm 6'2". I am a Black woman. I wear bright clothes. I'm very loud. I do not speak softly or any of that. I am out here. You will hear me. You will see me. I promise you that. And that's not changing for anyone or any space. And... Mm -hmm. Even, like I said, living in California, which we think of this as this, like, beautiful mecca. It's beautiful. But I can go outside and someone will come up to me and ask me questions about my height. Do you play basketball? Where are you from? What's your last name? Literally every single day, I don't go a time without someone coming up to me and being in my space about it. And I'm very cognizant of that domestically in my home, just like you said, Steph. And I've had experiences abroad that have been really negative. I went to Japan and I said to myself when I got back on that plane, I'm never going back. I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't fit in the beds physically. I didn't fit on the subway. I didn't fit in the rooms. Everywhere I went, people looked at me. They touched me. They thought that they had access to me in my space. When I was at Yale, tourism was a huge part of Ivy League campuses. There's a lot of tourism. People come to these spaces as like destinations. Once a week, someone would ask to take a picture of me. Not with me, just of me. Jeez. And I'm certainly projecting because I think like I feel like I have eyes everywhere. But there's also just a part of me that feels like my space is not my own a lot. And that feeling has only intensified in international spaces. And I'm not really interested in doing more of that. I'm tired, (laughs) frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had some similar situations or experiences, specifically in China. Me and a few friends, all Black, went to Shanghai. We stopped there for a layover to get to Bali. And while we were in Shanghai for a day, I literally could not walk down the street without, and there's no asking. They just bombard you, pull out a phone and take photos. Mm-mm. All that to say, Chels, you are not projecting. This is actually what happens when Black folks travel into spaces where we are not the majority or we're not, we're not frequently seen. They have some idea based off of what they see on television and that when they see us, it's like, oh my gosh, that's what it is. I have found that over the past few years, the places that I'm always in are places that Black folks are actually like celebrated, where we Mm. are, we're loved, we are received. When people see us, they are excited. They are joyful. I go to Trinidad and Tobago's carnival every year. I've been going consistently for the past like four years. And it is 
it's it's just a black celebration. It's a a party for two months long. It's dancing, it's music, it's food, and it's all about celebrating us, who we are, our ancestors, where we come from. It's beautiful. But me and my friends, the more we travel, the more conscious we are about like how we are received and how we're treated in certain spaces and countries. And, and we have to be different. We have to first make sure that we are safe. Like what, mm-hmm. what Kathleen was saying, like we, <laughs> one of the first things we have to do or before we even get to a place, we have to do the research to see like, is it, is it safe for black folks to even be here? Mm-hmm. I'm coming here. I'm spending my money. I'm looking to have pleasure to have fun, to vacation. Like, will they treat us like with love and respect and, and all the goodness? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you deserve on vacation, right? Yeah. Like we've talked about how we don't, there's not as much representation in the travel space of Black women. I think there's a lot of things going on there. I think that sometimes travel just isn't accessible to a lot of Black women. And that's just, a, that's a luxury that a lot of mm-hmm. Black women cannot afford. It is a privilege that, all of us grew up traveling or that we can travel as adults. But it also, once you can travel and once you're there on vacation, that should be the experience. Like, it's just something that we shouldn't have to deal with if we are on vacation somewhere. And yet. And yeah. yet. And yet. <laughs> and yet. And I think it's it's important to note that, you know, a lot of the things that we're talking about and the experiences that we've had are also happening, again, in our backyard. So this is not specific to geography or a culture. And I also want to make it clear that places that have a lot of Black people also have issues with Black people. I think Brazil is a great example of that. They have a really complicated relationship with Blackness. Even, Shirley, like you said, the DR in Haiti, Mm -hmm. complicated relationships with Blackness. So I also want to make that clear that it is not culture-specific. It is not geography-specific. Like we said at Unbothered, anti-Blackness is universal. Mm-hmm. And I think we just need to continue to also, like you said, surely educate ourselves on where are the places that celebrate us? Where are the places that accept us with open arms and want more of us and want to just live in that? So where are some of the places that we want to go, you know, once outside opens up, let's go aspirational, year of yes energy. What are we thinking? 2021, 2020. 22. Is that how years go? Um, Where's your next, where's your dream destination? First of all, I'm obsessed with Turks and Caicos. And if y'all want to be, if you want to be treated right, if you want to be celebrated, if you want to be loved on, go back to Turks and Caicos. That's like, I've probably been there about 10 times now. I'll say that that's my aspirational place to purchase a home. Ooh, yeah, I need a vacation home in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> Steph, how about you? Man, okay, so we already talked about my whole NOLA fantasy, but that aside, like once outside it opens back up, I'm really trying to go live my best life in the islands. Mm. One of my really good friends, she actually recently went to Jamaica for her birthday. And it just looked so tropical and just so peaceful. And the energy was just so different. And the food just looked amazing. The pace was slower. And I've just really been craving that stillness and that peace while also being surrounded by people who look like me. Mm. I might mess around it and just just move out there and stay out there. Like I always say, like, I'm trying to be out on a farm with somebody's emotionally intelligent son. (laughs) (laughs) 
I want that life for myself. So it's definitely going to be like Brazil or the, the islands or something somewhere. Yes. Somewhere far away from here. <laughs> okay. So if you guys don't know, I'm, I'm about to put you on. Lenny Kravitz has what I'm calling lightly a harem and I no judgment because I would like to join it tomorrow um, <laughs> in Brazil. And it's just like, Acres and acres of land, like lush land. He's like running outside. He's like getting energy from the plants and the trees and whoever else is on that property with him. I don't, again, I don't have questions. Just give me the access code. I will be there and literally that will be it. You guys will never see me again. I say this maybe every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Steph's always planning her exit strategy. She's like, we're going to show up one day and you're just going to be gone. Yes. Well, I mean, if Lenny Kravitz calls, I have to answer. I apologize. (laughs) It's above me now. It's above me now. (laughs) I think like that's a great point too also about like who's your travel partner, right? Like who are you riding with? Because I think something I've learned too is that some friends you can travel with and some friends you can't travel with. In the same way that you, some friends you can live with and some friends you can't live with. You have to have compatible travel styles. And I think that's also when we think about like dream destinations and girls trips, Kathleen, like we have to really think about who you're going with. Like I had a great experience going to Amsterdam and again, there's a specific travel partner that you need for that. And I'm going to just leave that there. (laughs) I I also went to Amsterdam with my brother, Sam, and we had a great time. We traveled very well together. We also went to Ghana on that trip, and Ghana is a place that I missed my bachelorette and my honeymoon during all of this. We didn't even get to, the, like, the planning stages, really. And so the bachelorette trip was going to be to New Orleans, to Steph's future hometown. And I... I don't know how getting all of those girls together to go on a trip was going to be, but I was really excited for it. And then honeymoon destination is probably going to be Ghana. And I also don't know how, I mean, we're going to switch it around where my partner is going to feel like the odd man out when that's that's (laughs) usually me when we travel. And I don't care. But that's important too. I kind of love that. We've talked about this season feeling at home and feeling like you have that safe space. And I think that's that's really what it comes down to, just feeling safe and supported mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I think as we, again, start to go outside and start to really understand and express that, I just, I also want to say to everyone to go at your own pace because everyone's personal concerns and comfort levels are the most important part of this. And I want to make sure that that's clear. So if you want to stay inside, again, wait till that second draft of air comes, once Shirley comes back, or you're out here and you'll never see us again like me, like, that's okay too. And I I just want that to be clear. Post-vaccine life. I'm not going anywhere till that vaccine hits. There you go. (laughs) Like I said, shot girl summer. 2K21. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and with that, we have reached the end of our discussion and our favorite segment called Don't At Me. All right, so if you haven't heard, but you should have by now, but I'll tell you again because you know I'm going to just emphasize, Don't At Me is the point in our conversation where we tie a bow on the discussion, we give you some food for thought, and we just really hype that queen energy we've been doling out all season. And in case you forgot, you can't at us, okay? Nothing, nunca, non, nine, no, Heart emoji. And as my fave, the dearly departed Whitney Houston said, you call my machine and I'll call yours. So for this don't at me, 
I'm going to take it myself. So I'm going to just take y'all on a journey. All right, dears. Today we talked about travel. And while that may seem like a foreign, see what I did there? A foreign concept right now, I want to talk about it today because, my dear family, what we're actually talking about is what it means for us to be seen, to show up, to shine, to bring our speakers, like Shirley said, set them up on 10 and blast our shit worldwide. That's what traveling is for us. And that's what traveling means to us. So once outside opens back up, a a lot of us are going to be traveling like we never have. We're going to be taking the necessary precautions before, during, and after. And we might need to be patient with that and sit tight and wait a little bit longer before we do. But when we do, let's think a little bit differently about what travel is for us and what it can be and maybe what we never had before with it. This year, I'm asking myself, where can I feel most like myself? Where can I let my 4C hair down and not feel weird? Where can I move freely without feeling watched? Where can I celebrate myself and my sisters and feel celebrated back? Having the freedom to move across borders willingly is a privilege for many. And while we have this time to sit and think about it, for Black women, it's also a reminder of what we maybe once weren't able to do, right? It's a reminder of the boundaries and the borders that others have put on our body, on our movements. It's a reminder that keeping us apart, keeping us small and spread out, that wasn't an accident. Because we know our movement moves nations. Because this world belonged to us first. And without us, this country and all the countries we've been talking about today probably wouldn't exist. So yeah, get your papers together, get ready for that girl's trip or that next vacation. Or if you're like me and waiting a beat to get your sea legs again, that's cool too. Because no matter where you are, where that next trip takes you, whether it's to the grocery store, Granada, or Greece, know that you belong there. That you deserve to see the world, your world, our world, just like anyone else. And that you are free to move about the cabin just as you are. So we're going to get a few more stamps on our passport this year. But more than anything, we're going to let them know that we out here. Okay, so get out there, sis. But just don't at me. This season, we're powering our purpose, living our passions, and reminding ourselves that we are the queens we worship every day. From the tools we need to be our best selves to the energy we deserve to make those dreams a reality, we're Black beyond measure. Target is investing in the success of Black creators with their year-round platform and dedicated support. Head over to target.com slash blackbeyondmeasure to learn more about how to power opportunities for our success. Alrighty, so we are back and we are talking with Jessica Franklin. Jessica is a lifestyle, travel, and just all around beauty queen on queen. We have all seen her on the gram, living her best life and sharing her tips. And we wanted to bring her on to help us live our own because that is the energy we're cultivating this season. So welcome to Go Off Sis, Jessica. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You know, I'm excited. It's spring. We're talking about traveling. We're talking about being outside. We're talking about opening up a whole new bag of tricks for our girls (laughs) this season and this year. And so that's what we want to talk about today with you. 
Awesome. So let's dive right in. I think, you know, for someone like you who's built a career online and really from the ground up, I think, you know, Steph was just saying she's been following you for years. How has, you know, this year been a challenge or, you know, even a blessing for you when it comes to building that and growing that too from home? Yes. Very great question. Also, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor. I love you guys. (laughs) But yes, I mean, definitely when COVID hit, it was a panic for me a little bit because, you know, all my work is freelance. So I rely on brands to literally pay my bills and pay my rent. So once the pandemic hit, a lot of the brands were panicking as well. Their budgets were cut a little bit. They were kind of pausing campaigns. So I was really unsure of what was next. And I just also was kind of in a weird space with being an influencer because, you know, Instagram has changed a lot. The algorithm was kind of like really frustrating. My engagement wasn't as high. So I was already kind of like over it. But thankfully, the pandemic kind of let me or helped me reset. Obviously, it was a really devastating time for a lot of people. But some silver linings for me was that I was able to like kind of just pause and instead of like always traveling, always going to every single event, like two or three events a week whether it's like, you know, for fun or for networking, I was able to just like stay home and create content and become like creative again. So I was like doing all these DIY hairstyles. I was doing passion twists. I did like knotless braids. That took me like 20 hours. (laughs) Um, I know, I know. (laughs) I was like, honestly, I was like, I have nothing else to do. So I did it within two days and like, you know, binge watched a few shows. And so my content kind of elevated and just became like more creative, more authentic. And a lot of brands noticed that. So I was able to like actually do better in 2020 than 2019 um, when it comes to my influencing career. So it did work out. I think it just really just opened up some new opportunities for me. You know, we are talking about traveling, obviously, and being outside this summer in particular and some of the anxieties we have around that. Now you, it sounds like you're taking all the necessary precautions. You're being safe. So you're good. But as you also mentioned, you know, there are some people who don't really seem to be like being as careful. And I think that's what makes a lot of people nervous. So I'm just curious, how are you feeling about the more general reopening? Like, how are you feeling about things opening back up? And do you have any anxieties around that or? Yeah. So I actually did, I did get the vaccine. So that's one um, (laughs) big factor. Okay. We're calling it shot girl summer. There you go. (laughs) I definitely feel a lot less nervous. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think I'll be going to like a big festival or anything with like a lot of people. And I feel like I might have even acquired a tiny bit of like social anxiety a little bit. I don't know. I feel a little. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, that's real. That's, real. Yeah. that's a big part of it. That's what we've been talking yeah. about. Yeah. I just feel like since the past year, I've had a lot more time to myself and I've just been with my own bubble that now when people invite me to certain events or plan things for the future, I'm definitely more particular with who I spend my time and energy with. And yeah, just like I said, protecting my peace because I've realized the value and just being more selective and, you know, saying no to certain things when I don't feel like going to something (laughs) or being around certain people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And when we're talking about, you know, being around certain people and being selective of where we put our time and energy and our bodies, we've been talking about the anxiety of traveling while Black, you know, in the U.S., abroad, just how, you know, people are going to react to us, how some spaces are not safe for us. So is that something you've dealt with? And and just talk about the realities of, of traveling as a Black woman. Yes. I mean, I would say I definitely have always traveled either with one other person in a group. So I've never 
I've never done solo travel, which I would still be, I guess, a little bit apprehensive about. I know a lot of people do it, but I also don't know if it's for me. I like to be around certain people when I travel, <laughs> but I haven't really had any extreme situations except for maybe like in Paris. I will say Paris. Mm. I felt like they were a little, I guess, a little bit racist. Also, I hear they just don't like Americans in general that much. <laughs> you know, like even the Ubers, like they'll purposely not speak English to you and stuff. And, you know, that's totally, totally understandable. But it just didn't feel really welcoming. And just like certain times in the restaurants and stuff, I feel like they were treating us a little differently. But for the most part, I actually haven't had any major issues as a Black woman that I know of, unless it was like some discrimination I didn't realize was like directed towards me. But for the most part, yeah, I've had pretty good experiences and I've been to about 25 countries or so. So So what, in that 25, what would you say are your favorite Black girl-friendly destinations? Definitely Zanzibar. Yeah, definitely Zanzibar. I've been twice, actually, believe it or not, because it's literally like a 24-hour flight. That's the only thing I hate about it is that it's so far. (laughs) Where is Zanzibar? I don't know if I knew that was a real place. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Tanzania, Tanzania. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's Tanzania in Africa. All black country, really, really beautiful. The water is like crystal blue. Some of the bluest Mm. water I've ever seen. It's super affordable once you get there. The flight's kind of pricey this far, but it's super affordable, great food. And really for me, it's just like a tropical, kind of like a Caribbean island, but in Africa, (laughs) which is great. You know, like it feels great to be like on the motherland, you know, and some people still don't even know like that there's beautiful places like that. What's the best pickup line you've heard in the 25 countries that you've been to? And by whom? (laughs) I would say, hmm, I don't know if I could think of a specific line, but I will say in Jamaica, the men are very, very aggressive. And like, Mm. they will be like, oh, would you, will you be my wife or whatever? And I'm like, no, like I'm married or something. I just make it up. And (laughs) it's like, I don't see a ring. And then I was walking away like, oh no, I'm not interested. And they literally followed me like into the ocean. Like I was walking to the ocean. Like I'm not interested. <laughs> I just kept walking in the ocean. He's like, no, come on, let's hang out. I'm like, no. I, I mean, I gotta say, notes. Jessica, your strategy <laughs> of walking into the ocean may not have been the best strategy, girl. I was already on the beach. I was in my bathing suit. I was like, no, I'm not interested. I kept walking, kept walking like diagonally. And they kept walking too. I was like, oh, I'm going to get away from you. <laughs> It's like, you hear, you hear guys singing an R&B song. It's like, I will walk across a thousand oceans, but you never expect them to actually walk in the ocean no, with literally, you. Like, literally. Literally. Like, okay. <laughs> We're talking about the ocean. And one of the things I also want to make sure we touch on is hair. Because anytime I'm going somewhere that has an ocean or, yep. you know, has a place for me to get in the water and act a little bit like a fool, I will. But (laughs) I also am thinking about my hair because, I mean, I'm wearing a bonnet right now. You guys can see this this scarf and generally that's my go-to. But when you think about for you, hair and what hair works best, like, is that something that you always, you have a go-to style or how do you travel with your hair? Is it ponytails, braids, straight backs? Like, what is your hair situation on the go? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I will never travel anywhere with humidity or where I want to swim um, without having protective style. Like that's like a rule I made. Honestly, I went to um, Essence Fest like maybe five years ago with like my curly fro, and I did not know how the humidity was going to be, and my hair was literally like just like crazy, which is all over the place. <laughs> like, and like honestly, it was so hot there. I like I remember it was like 
one in the morning and my hair was literally wet. Like that's how humid humid it was. So after that, I was like, I'm never like going through the stress again. I'm always going to have a protective style. So yeah, when I go on vacation, I'll have braids. I love knotless braids. They can be jumbo braids. Um, I like the half up, half down sewing because that can get wet too. You just have to like, you know, like, yeah, just fix your edges, you know, no leave out. (laughs) What else? Yeah. Cornrows, anything that doesn't show my real hair texture really, because if not, I don't want to have to wash it every night on vacation. I don't want to put in new products. I don't want to comb it out. I don't want to think about it. And I think it's so funny because if you ever get caught in a situation where you didn't plan for that, one of the things I also know is that like, no one has the hair products I need. I like no one in these countries has Mm. stuff for 4C hair. Exactly. Yeah. I want to live vicariously through you. Tell (laughs) me where you are going next. Please. Um, I do have potential plans to go to Tulum. Actually, I know everyone's going to Tulum, but I do have plans to go there. And then hopefully I really, really want to go back to Europe. So uh, I've been to Italy, Greece, um, Paris, as I mentioned, but I do want to go to the Amalfi Coast. I've only been to Sardinia, which is really beautiful. Are you an active person or a lay on the beach? It sounds like you're active. We couldn't travel together. <laughs> no, actually, actually, no. I like prefer, oh, okay. like I prefer to like lay on the beach and be lazy. Like I want to lay, right? but like I, by me walk around, I mean like walk around to get food. Right. And okay. Like, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I want to walk around like, you know, like look cute a little bit. Cause you know, it's like that, like European summer, you know, like the movies, you pray mm-hmm. love. I want that vibe, but like not all day, every day, you know? <laughs> also, like we've all been through and experienced a global pandemic. I think we we're living life on the edge, you know, like that, that's enough <laughs> yes. for me. So exactly, I hear that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Embracing like a little bit more stillness and peace. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Hmm. So we wanted to ask, you know, for anyone who's looking to build a business out of their passion, whether it's in traveling or beauty or media, what tips do you have for them, especially right now that we're all at home and <laughs> sitting in the middle of this pandemic? Yeah, so sure. Um, a few things. I mean, one, I'll still say as, as cliche as it is and as overwhelming it can be, social media is like still so powerful. It's so, no matter what your business is or passion is, it's such a great tool. Like I've noticed even like, you know, actors and actresses and models, they're using social media now to get their faces out there more. So It doesn't have to just be if you want to be like a social media influencer, but no matter what it is, definitely putting yourself out there is really beneficial as well as staying consistent. I mean, I remember when I first started years ago, it was about like nine years ago now, I was working in corporate America at Ralph Lauren and I was blogging on the side and I was like, sometimes I would be writing and blogging to like 4 a.m. and then have to go to work at like 9 a.m. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, how, like, is this worth it? You know, like I'm literally, I feel like I'm writing to no one, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, no one's really reading this. And like, um, am I just wasting my time? Am I just losing sleep for no reason? But I kept going at it. I kept thinking to myself, like, no work that I put, put out will be void. You know, like there'll be some fruit from it no matter what. So I just kept going. I kept, you know, pursuing it. Through the tears, it wasn't always easy. There were times I wanted to give up. And even in the past few years, there's been times I've wanted to give up, you know, because again, you're on the mercy of brands and, you know, social media. But I will say if you just stay consistent and, you know, keep putting in the work, you'll definitely see results. 
Okay, well, that means that we're going to stay on our grind and we're going <laughs> to stay cute doing it. Because, look, if you just stay consistent, you might get flued out to Zanzibar. You never know. Okay? <laughs> you might be that that ticket with Jess. So stay on your game, girls. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jessica. This was so great. And I feel like you just have just lovely, bubbly energy that oh, will take us so into high. spring and just like blooming <laughs> energy that we needed for this episode. So we appreciate you sharing. And again, we'll see you on the other side of that ocean. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you guys so much. This is so much fun. The Go Off This Podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Rashad Isaac, Shirley Williams, Jordan Mason, and me, Chelsea Sanders. It's edited by Hanger Studios. My co-hosts today were Kathleen Newman-Bermang, Shirley Williams, and Stephanie Long. Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started, on Instagram, at R29Unbothered. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis. Money world.